A few months ago, I lost my phone. I couldn't find it anywhere, and so I did what every guy does who's married. You ask your wife to call your phone. So she calls the phone, and we couldn't hear a beep. We couldn't hear a buzz. We couldn't hear any vibrate. No light, nothing. And I realized at that moment I was an idiot because I had turned everything off in my phone. Now, that's not the only time that I've ever realized I'm an idiot. I realized that, quite frankly. But this time, uh, I couldn't find it. And so she called the phone. I couldn't find anything downstairs. So I said, call it again. I went upstairs, looked around, couldn't find anything there as well. And then I walked back downstairs. And my wife is always full of wisdom. And she said these words, retrace, retrace your steps, honey. And so I did. I retraced my steps until I went out into the garage. She called it again. We couldn't find the phone anywhere. And finally, after 20 minutes, I am freaking out. I mean, I can't do anything without my phone. I'm powerless without my phone. Without my phone, I cannot control the world. And so at this point, I said, well, I don't know what else to do except to look in the spot where you can always find things. Do you know where that spot is? No, it is. Someone said lost and found. It's not the lost and found. Where we have to go is to the cushions of the couch. And we started going through all of the cushions until finally we got to the last cushion. And there it was, the Holy Grail, my phone. And we celebrated. Did you realize there's actually a phobia related to this? It's called nomophobia. It's called nomophobia. And we're laughing about it, but it's like a real problem for people. In fact, this is what nomophobia is. It is the fear of not being connected through a mobile device. No mobile phone phobia. It's actually a a psychiatric condition now. They, They have a diagnosis for it. You see, the average American spends Nine, or they look at this 96 times a day. The average American looks at their phone 96 times a day. So in your waking hours, that is every 10 minutes you're looking at this phone. 68% of us have this phone to go to bed with us. We like to take the little guy to bed with us and we sleep with this little guy. 40% of all teenagers will take it to their bed And they'll actually wake up at least once each night to check and see if they got any messages. Seventy percent of us actually get anxious. We get overwhelmed when we can't find this or it's dead or we don't have service. In fact, I'd like you all to be real honest just for a second, okay? Just real honest. I want you to answer this question. And the question is this. Your phone 
Is it one of the last things you look at before you fall asleep? Don't raise your hand yet, okay? And then secondly, I want to ask you, is this device right here the first thing that you look at in the morning? So all of you, be honest. If it's one of the last things you look at, the one of the first things in the morning, raise your hand, raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Okay, I want you to look at the people beside you that are raising their hand and tell them this. This message is for you. Okay, so go ahead. All of those of you on the stream, go ahead. Just tell the person in the room that you're in. This message is for you. Now, folks, for most of us, the reason why we have this device often in our hands is because we have a struggle that we cannot shut down. We actually have an inability to be able to shut down. The default for most of us is something like this. Well, there's nothing really going on in my life right now. There's nothing real meaningful going on. I mean, there's nothing that I'm doing to change the world. I'm kind of bored right now, so I guess the only thing that I'll do is I'll just pull this out and I'll flip and I'll flop and I'll spin and I'll, you know, do whatever it takes to get this. And that becomes the default of so many people. And what happens is, is that our minds never shut down because the RPMs are always ramped up because we're on our device. Now, the, ra- the reality is almost every single person in our culture would acknowledge, hey, you know what? We probably do need more rest for our bodies. Most of us would say, I do need some rest for my mind. But what I'm going to argue this morning is this, that the thing that you need the greatest amount of rest for is your spirit. You need rest for your spirit. You need time to be able to disconnect from this, from the bings and the bongs and the ding, 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 and hey, pick up your phone, pick up your phone. I was in the office uh, a couple of weeks ago, and this lady's phone goes off. She helps with community basket, and it says, Your husband is calling. Your husband is calling. And I'm like, what in the world is, are we, have we come to, you know? And we need time, folks. All of us need time to just pause and have peace. When we can take some solitude and be in God's presence with the one who knows us best and loves us most, rather than being wrapped up into everything on this. So if you're constantly kind of on this, and uh, I just heard someone's phone just go off. Did everybody hear that? Yeah. Those of you that are on the live stream, somebody's phone just went off right now, okay? Not even an hour for God. We better be on the phone. So we're all like on our phone here too, okay? And there is this connection that if we can't, do it, then it just tends to consume our lives. You realize that for many of us, we're so connected, and yet we know, man, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something different. And so this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning. And if you're on your phone, go ahead. And uh, you can put this on your app. But here's the 
here's the big idea. God has a special rest for you in Christ. Rather than on the phone, God has a special rest for you in Christ. In the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, we read this. So there is a special what? What's the next word? The word is? Yeah, rest. So there is a special rest waiting for the people of God for all who have entered into God's rest. And I love this imagery. I love this sense that we're, we're coming into God's rest and have rested their labors just as God did after creating the world. So what are we supposed to do? Well, the scripture goes on to say this. By the power of Christ in verse 11, he says, so let us what? What's it say? Do our best to enter the rest. Let us do our best to enter into this rest that God has for our souls, that there's this rest that we find in Christ. But why is that so hard, guys? Why is it so hard for us to enter rest? Why is it so hard for us not to be restless and to be thinking and the RPMs going all the time? Why is it that you and I, many times, we just can't find rest? I like what uh, St. Augustine says, uh, the great church father About God, he he said this, God, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. Our souls are actually restless until we find rest in God. And for some of you, this captures where you're at this morning. COVID is going on. You're fearful. You're scared. There is this restlessness. For many of us, we've experienced this uh, since March. There's just this restless feeling that we have. And you're longing so much for something in your life to be significant. You're looking for something that will be meaningful. You're looking for something that will take place in your life that will fill this void. But the void is still there and nothing will fill that void. I'm telling you, nothing will fill the void except Christ and Christ alone. And the reason our soul is restless is because we haven't found rest in God. One of my uh, favorite scriptures in all of the Bible is found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. In fact, this morning I woke up and I, I knew there are so many things that are changing in our community right now. And, you know, not sure what church is going to look like going forward. And I found myself restless and I've memorized this scripture. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says this, Jesus goes to a group of people. He says to all people, he broadcasted and he says this, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And then what does he say? He says, I will give you what? Rest. He says, come to me, all who weary and are burdened, and I will give 
you rest. So this morning, if you're overwhelmed, this morning if you're stressed out, this morning if you're like, what's going on? The kids are home. We're doing e-learning all the time. Uh, We're not sure if we're going to be able to get with family for Thanksgiving. There's all of this crazy going on. Jesus comes today to some of you. And he says, come to me. Come to me if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're overwhelmed, and I will give you rest. And then verse 29 goes on to say these words. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he says, when you do this, when you do this, you'll find what? What do you find? You'll find rest for your souls. Folks, there is a special rest for each one of you, and it's found in Christ. Well, for the rest of our teaching, what I simply want to do is give you two very practical, simple things that you can add to your life this week. I mean, for some of you, you're not getting with family, but even if you're just with your immediate family, they drive you crazy, right? So what you're going to need is a plan to know how to have God connected in your life. How do you find rest this week? How do you find rest in God? Well, the first thing that I want to encourage you to do to find rest in God is simply to be still. Be still. Learn to actually say, I can put this aside for a period of time. And I can be disconnected from it, and I can actually be still and be in God's presence. David, the greatest king of the Old Testament, and uh, one who is uh, considered the only person in all the Bible who is given the title, a man after God's own heart, said these words in Psalm 46, verse 10. He says, be still, and then what's it say? And know that I'm God. Be still and then know that I'm God. The first time I ever looked at this passage, I didn't understand it. But after I studied it more and more, this is what I found, folks. You can't know God unless you're still. You see, a lot of us are like, oh, I want to know God. I want more of God. I want God in my life. I want peace. I want all the things God gives me. The problem is you can't know God unless you're still. Have you ever experienced this before where uh, there's a child and they just can't sit still and they're just kind of moving around, they're moving around and eventually you're like, would you just stay still? Stop it. Chill out. Would you quit it? You're driving me crazy. Be still. Be quiet. And for some of you, you're married to this person. You know what I mean? Like, like. People have this tendency to just do all of this. And I was thinking about it this week. That child that just can't still, they're they're doing that. It's an image of the way you are with God for some of you. You're never still before him. You're constantly moving, going, doing the next thing. And it's hard to know him when you're not still. David goes on and talks about this stillness later on in Psalm 131. And he encourages us. By saying this, he says, but I got a plan for you. I have stilled and quieted my soul. 
And I want you to know, folks, that didn't happen by accident. Uh, it didn't happen by David going, huh, wonder how many notifications I got today. Oh, look at that. Aunt Susie texts me. I better text her back. And then, oh, I better do this. And no, 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 no. He had to have a plan to actually put things aside and to be still. He didn't just say, he didn't just kind of wake up and go, oh, I'm going to be still. He had to have a plan to do so. He had to have a plan to quiet and still himself. When uh, we first started the jar, uh, we didn't have any kids. And so my wife, Jennifer, is a physician. And so she was all plugged into being a doctor. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to make this church thing work. And for the first five years, from going from our home to multiple homes, to the downtown YMCA, to the gym in the YMCA. It was just full throttle all the time. I was always constantly on the move. I was always constantly going. I did not take time to be still. And one morning I woke up and I started having like these heart palpitations. And it started racing so much that I was really concerned. And I shared it with Jen. She said, hey, we need to get you into a doctor. And so I went into the doctor and he said, well, I want to set you up for a procedure uh, called a stress test. Have any of you ever had one of these before? Just raise your hand real quick. Okay, we all have stress. We have this. Well, this is what they do with the stress test. They take you to a special room where Satan lives. And then they put you on this demonic device called a treadmill. And then they give you a nurse who typically is not very compassionate. And the nurse will look at you with a maniacal kind of laugh, (laughs) start walking. And what they don't tell you is that it starts elevating up. And so they put all these electrodes on me and they put this, uh, you know, blood pressure device on me. And I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm perspiring, like everything comes and we're all done with the test. And we wait for the results and the doctor comes back and says, Well, they're abnormal. We need to maybe do some more testing. And it was at that point that my wife, Jennifer, and I really got concerned. You see, my grandmother died of a heart attack. My grandfather died of a heart attack. Both of my parents were on heart medication at that time. And we were scared. And so they took me back for a second procedure that they call a cardiolite. And after doing that procedure, I started thinking like, am I going to have to have heart surgery? Will I not be able to see kids actually be born because of my heart condition? And so they did the cardiolite. And praise be to God, everything came back fine and it was all good. But this is what I'll never forget. The doctor walked into my room to tell me about the results. And he said, everything came back fine. But this is what I'm concerned about, Chris. If you don't slow down the pace of your life, I think you're going to have health problems, major health problems later on. And then he said, I want you to kind of remove some of the stress, get some of that destructive stuff. You've got to have a balance in your life. And then he said this, I want you to just try each day to be still for three minutes each day. You don't listen to anything. You're just still for three minutes. 
And I remember looking at the doctor thinking, I just spent thousands of dollars to go through all of this, and this is what you're telling me? Three minutes to be still? Like, what's up with that? And have you ever tried that before? Have you ever tried to just be still? Nothing in your head going, nothing, you're just being totally still. You're just being quiet within yourself. Just totally still. Well, I'll never forget the first day that I tried it. I had this thing beside me and of course it started going off and I started thinking, what happened? Is something going on? Am I missing something? You know, did somebody like dress up their dog with a Santa suit? Like, you know, some important things like that I need to know about. And for three minutes, I was just still. So this is my challenge for every single one of you here in the auditorium and every single one of you on the stream. Here's my challenge for each one of you. This week, every single day, take three minutes and be still before God. Put the phone off, turn it off, and simply be still. And this is what's going to happen. When you first do it, this is what will happen. You'll start having these random thoughts. Why do I need to get at the store? Who was supposed to pick up the kids? Why is this kid with a dirty diaper standing in front of me right now? I don't have time for this. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still And know that I'm God. Slow down. Take a breath. Blow it out. And be reminded that the God of the universe can run your world without you for three minutes. Be still. Now, the thing in being still is many of us think, well, we can just do that all the time. But if you don't plan it, it doesn't work. So the second thing I want to encourage you is make a plan. You make a plan. If I'm going to be still, it's not just going to happen. I actually have to plan it out. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16 says this. If a wise person A wise person thinks ahead. So a wise woman, a wise man, a wise person thinks ahead. They make a plan. Then look at this next part. But a fool doesn't and even brags about. Think about that. A wise person makes a plan. A fool gets sucked into this device. And they get sucked in so much. And I'm just going to shoot it straight for every single one of us in here right now. For some of you, and for some of you that are on the stream right now, the truth is that this is controlling your life. And it's affecting your marriage. And it's affecting your relationship with your kids. And it's affecting your work. It's affecting everything around you. And you know what a fool will say? A fool will say this. No, it's not. This isn't a big deal. I can control this anytime that I want. Folks, let me tell you this. If you are looking at this 96 times a day, that's once every 10 minutes, you've got a problem. You've got an issue. And we need to simply acknowledge it. And then we make a plan on how to be still. 
if you want to know, for our family. Part of our plan is when we eat, all devices go away. We eat together as a family. For others of you, part of your plan might be, you know what? At 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, we all put these down. And we actually leave them there. And we have to turn off the notifications because it's, it's like a dog. It will start going, and you're like, oh, what do I got to do? And you've actually got to put it in a cage and leave it there and say no. And you close the garage door and you leave it there until 7 o'clock in the morning. Maybe for some of you, that's your plan. Uh, I don't know what it is for you, but I just want to encourage you to pray about it. Talk about it as a family. Be as creative as you can. If you're single, talk to another friend and say, hey, I want some accountability with this. If you're married and you don't have kids, what can we do to put this away? Maybe for others of you, instead of trying to figure out what's going on in everybody else's life through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and don't stop. Oh, oh, we're going to rock it all night long. You know, whatever it is, rather than doing all of that, I've always wanted to do a TikTok video. So, you know, I'm sure it'll go viral now. Anyways, but maybe you just decide one night a week as a family, we're going to have a family night. We're going to put all the devices away. Last week we did this. We played Clue and my wife won. I was not happy. We also played this ballet game. I, I've never done this before. But Shiloh said, we have this game we want you to do, Dad. It's called ballet. I'm going to show you ballet moves and we're going to actually do it together as a family. You know what Jennifer did? Oh, I've got to go to the office, honey. I'm there. 49-year-old man doing ballet. And we had a great time. For others of you, you might just decide that, you know what? Rather than waking up at the beginning of the morning and checking my phone, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to download the U version of the Bible. And I'd encourage all of you to do that. If you don't have that app on your phone, you should do it. It's you version. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And every single morning they give you a scripture verse. And when you wake up, rather than clicking for something else in your life, why don't you click on the word of God? It might just actually transform everything that's going on and for you to experience real life. Folks, I don't know what your plan is, but if you're saying, I do want to be still, you've got to have a plan. So we're going to close by me giving you a plan that you could try this week. Uh, the plan actually is an old Christian, ancient kind of prayer. And it's just a technique, but we're going to try it together today, all of us here and everybody Who's on the stream? Uh, the technique is called palms down, palms up. And so this is what you do. If you would, I'd like you to sit up. Some of you come back to sleep. Some of you people in the balcony, I see you. Quit kissing up there. You can't see them on the stream, but they're making out. All right, do that later. All right, so I'd like you all to come back together just for a second. Kind of stand up and uh, be relaxed. Don't be tense, but... What I'd like you to do right now is, and Christians have done this for years, 
is that you actually take your palms and you put them on your laps like this. And what I'd like you to do is just kind of press down on your lap and say, God, any anxiety, any stress, any fears, I'm worried about COVID, I'm worried about Thanksgiving, I'm worried about my kids. Whatever it is, you just push down and you're pushing that away. You're pushing it toward God. And you keep pushing on that until finally you have a moment where you're not thinking about anything, you're not worrying about anything, and you just put your palms up like this, and then you just say, God, I'm, a, I'm available. I want to receive whatever it is that you want to give to me. And then if all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I'm hungry. Where are we going to go to eat? You put your hands back down on your lap. You push that away. Got it? Everybody on the stream, wherever you're at, we're all going to do this together. And we're going to give you a couple of moments to experience this. So if you would, I'd like you to just close your eyes. We're all going to do this together. Put your palms on your lap, palms down. Depress away every anxiety, every fear, every worry. And whenever you're ready, you can put your palms up. Be available to God.